We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, it's your favorite time of the week, favorite time of the show, people. We're going to hit a mailbag. We're going to answer your questions as best we can. So if you want to get those questions in, uh, make sure that you put MB, put the little mailbox emoji, you know, something so that we see it as it's flying by uh, in the chat. And we'll start and we will do our best to bring up those questions. So, Ryan, how would you like to do this? Do you want me to bring them up? I can read them. You want to read them? Beautiful. Yeah, I can read them. Sure. Bring right. them up. I'm I'll gonna, read them. Let's do I'm going to start at the top. If you see any, just go ahead and star them. I'm going to stay on the other yeah. side of Sounds things. Sounds good. All right. Here we go. First one from Irish Blooded. Irish Blooded, more likely to happen. Steve Angeli's first start jitters and less experienced player to, to have two turnovers or Oregon State zero touchdowns due to internal turnovers on roster and staff. What's Ooh. more likely, Vince? <sighs> more likely. I don't look. For everything that I say negative about Steve Angeli, he's a very confident kid. He's a very confident kid from everything I can gather. I don't think he's going to have jitters. I I think he's had five, six weeks to get used to the fact that he's the starting quarterback at Notre Dame for this game. And that's the way it's been in practice. That's the way it's been. So I don't think he's going to have a bunch of jitters. I think he's going to go out there with a lot of confidence. I think he's going to play to his standard, to the standard that Notre Dame needs him to play at. So I don't think that's going to be the case. So I guess if I have to choose one over the other, uh, I would say that Oregon State is going to have zero touchdowns due to internal turnovers of roster and staff. Yeah, out of those two situations, Irish Blooded, I would also go with the Oregon State zero touchdowns offensively because of a lot of the reasons we talked about, and it's the defections you've had on the offensive line. It's the defection you've had a quarterback, that running back, obviously – Vince, I think it could have changed the equation a little bit if instead of first star jitters leads to two turnovers, if it was just lead, you know has two turnovers because he's a first time starting quarterback. Could he just read incorrectly on a play and then throw an interception? Oh, sure. For sure. I don't think that I agree though. I don't think it's like built off of jitters though. If you've ever seen Steve Angeli in a practice setting or in a game setting, it's not. He's kind of unflappable a little bit, man. Like he's a very just confident football player. He didn't throw his interception in the one game down the stretch because he had jitters, in my opinion. It was because he 
didn't see it correctly and he threw to the wrong leverage and he kind of airmailed the pass a little bit. Like that's why right. he threw it. That had nothing to do with jitters though, in my opinion. So I think he'll be confident, cool, calm and collected in this game. Could he have a couple turnovers? It's possible. That's that's sure. again, that's my fear. That's my fear. But if that's yeah. the only, that's my only two options. I will go more towards Oregon state, not being an incredibly efficient offensive team right yep. now. Absolutely. Cause I, you're right. That is my fear. And we talked about this earlier when we talked about Steve Angeli and, and what he is and what he could be like, he, he can, he's not going to go out and win the game for you, but he could lose the game for you. Right. That's, yes. that's what we were talking about earlier. And he could lose the game for you by having two turnovers. Maybe one gets returned for a touchdown or you turn it over in the red zone, you know, or the opposition's red zone, you know, that kind of a thing leading, leading to a short field, you know, that kind of a situation. He could lose the game for you. I just don't think he's the guy that's going to win the game for you. So, you know, the stat line that Ryan gave earlier, it was, you know, 180 yards passing two touchdowns, maybe 40 to 50 yards on the ground, like, and Notre Dame wins by three touchdowns. Like that's a very, very plausible outcome of this game, in my opinion, right? I would be shocked if he had like four or five touchdowns, 350 yards passing, you know, that kind of like, I, I just, I have a hard time seeing that. If it happens, awesome. I just don't know that I see that being the case. Agreed. So. We see it very similarly. They yeah. very similarly. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John Leahy. John, John Leahy, thoughts on Al Golden's comments saying Jack Kaiser will move inside. It was expected, Vince. I mean, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna be starting at Will Linebacker. So, John, in Notre Dame's system, which is a 4-2-5, you technically have two inside linebackers with how it is schematically schematically created, right? So you have a middle linebacker who is the strong side inside inside linebacker, and you have the will linebacker, which is the weak side inside linebacker in a four-two-five. Four three in a more of a four three look, 
that will technically be an outside linebacker spot. But in Notre Dame 425, which will either be a 425 with a rover or 425 nickel with a nickelback, a will linebacker is an inside linebacker position. So I'm not surprised at all. We actually saw Jack Kaiser play a little bit of will this year. Like he's played that at times overall. And I think that they just want to get the experience on the inside because now they get to play a guy like Jalen Sneed in a more of a, a, a rover role. So, yeah. So he's still J.D. Bertrand at Mike, Jack Kaiser at Will, and Jalen Sneed at Rover to start, it seems. Right. Yeah, he's not – I don't see Jack Kaiser moving to Mike, if that's what everybody's yes. fear was about him moving inside. I don't see that. Especially not for case. this game. Especially right. not for this game. Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah, J.D. Bertrand is is obviously yep. in this game. So, I mean, he's not going to unseat uh, a captain. Like, that's not obviously going to happen. And so – uh, I think Jack Kaiser could be extremely successful at will uh, if that ends up being his starting spot next year or the spot that he plays the most next year. I could see him being extremely successful there. Um, yeah. He's not a Mike linebacker. He's not big enough to be a Mike linebacker. I don't want him to be a Mike linebacker. Nobody does. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I think, you know, he's going to be a will that is technically inside. And I think everybody's okay with that. Yeah, it would be a it would be a very interesting decision if they were moving to Mike <laughs> this offseason. And I yes, would not would. be very I would not be very happy about it. Because that, that would also would be, be yeah. not only are you putting a guy that's not in a great his best position, in my opinion, Vince, you would also be blocking guys like yes. Drake Bowen, Kingston Villian Moasa, maybe Nolan Ziegler to be able to get some playing time at Mike. And that's the worst possible outcome, in my opinion. Right. Nope. Absolutely agree with that. Irish blooded with a question. Do you think there is a planned package that Kenny Minchie will come in to play that might be more run based that is scheduled to happen? Not just garbage time reps. I don't think so. Uh, at least based on the comments that we have gotten from Marcus Freeman. Um, I, I know that there was an offensive coordinator press conference, I believe yesterday, which I have not heard or seen the outcome of, uh, but I would be surprised if that was the case. Now, Irish blooded. Here's another thing that I do want to throw out there. Kenny Minchie throws a freaking great ball. Like I would not put Kenny Minchie in the game just to run the football. That is not what I would do. I think he yeah. can. He throws the ball better than than Steve Angeli. Just from a straight, the way it looks when it comes out of his hand, the ease of Velocity. throwing, like velo- yeah. all of that. He throws a better ball. So. If I was going to have Kenny Minchie come into the game, it would not be in a run package. It would be, hey, you're going to run the offense while you're out here. Now, with that right. said, I don't think that's in the plans. Same. And I mean, yeah, because you don't look. You do. You did the two quarterback stuff with Tyler Buckner a couple years ago with Jack Jack Cohn um, right. because Tyler Buckner was a great athlete. Yeah, he could run. He was a very good athlete. Kenny Minchie's a good athlete at the quarterback position in the sense of great pocket ability, maneuverability, extending plays, that type of thing. But he's not a runner necessarily. Like that's not really his game. So I'm not bringing him in the game to run quarterback power and do zone read a ton or anything like that. He functionally, as far as how you're going to use him, is similar to Steve Angeli. He's still a pocket quarterback. You're still going to move the pocket a little bit. You're going to work play action. Kenny's still like functionally similar to Steve as far as how you're going to utilize him. My my hope though, I responded is I hope we do see Kenny Minchie in this game. I don't think, because I think Vince is right. I think that the plan now, at least from just kind of reading the tea leaves is I think that Steve Angeli is going to start this football game and they're going to ride with Steve. And then hopefully 
if it's in Notre Dame's favor in the end, maybe then you get Kenny Minchie some reps. So I think that's right. where the most possible outcome is. But regardless, I hope that Kenny does play in this football game, but I don't think there's a platoon scenario. I don't think there's a rotation thing that's necessarily on the table. I would actually be kind of surprised if they are because usually when there is a platoon approach, it's because two quarterbacks just have very different skill sets as far as what they bring to the game. I think they can both do different things. I agree. I would do similar things. I agree that Kenny Minchie can do it at a higher level, but ultimately it's not like I'm going to be running quarterback read and that type of stuff with Kenny. I just don't see that. Right. That it's just, that's not, could he do those things? Absolutely. He could do those yep. things. I just don't think that that's, that's not what they're going to put him in the game for. You know exactly. what I mean? Um, yep. I, I'm going to pull this one up just because it is uh, apropos to kind of what we're talking about from T-Rex. Okay. So there you go. Says, why isn't Kenny Minchie starting if he's so good? Why did he, they go to the portal? I mean, they went to the portal because they saw a guy in the portal and Bradley Leonard that they think is really, really good, right? And really, really talented. And a player that they think could probably possibly be better than Kenny Minchie or CJ Carr or Steve Angeli can be in the year 2024. That doesn't mean that they don't believe in Kenny Minchie, who again is only a true freshman, right? right. Like we're talking about a kid that is next right. year is going to be a redshirt freshman. We're not talking about a kid that's a redshirt junior where it's like, dude, if it's now or never, like, why are we stalling here? Why are we doing this? And I understand in the world, the transfer portal, people think about this a little bit differently, but you going to Riley Leonard next year because you think in the year 2024, a senior version of Riley Leonard can be better than a redshirt freshman version of Kenny Minchie. And I think that that's very sound logic. I yeah, don't push against do that too. at all. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. If, as right. long as Riley Leonard is healthy, I think that he does give you a better chance to be competitive and to compete for a championship in 2024 than Kenny in 2024. Right. I, and I will also say, I think it's more of an indictment on Steve Angeli than it is on Kenny Minchie. Um, yeah. Because because Steve Angeli is going to be in the system for three years at that point, be a junior, redshirt sophomore, what, however you want to classify him. They're, they're making this move because they think Riley Leonard will be the best option for 2024. And then I think they're done going to the transfer portal at that point, and they're going to start looking in-house. And yep. they're not ready for Kenny Minchie to take over as a redshirt freshman. They're, they're just and, – and they're not ready for C.J. Carr to take over as a true as freshman. A true freshman. <laughs> like, you know, so, I mean, I think – like I said, I think it's more of an indictment on who they think Steve Angeli is versus who they think Kenny Minchie and C.J. Carr are. So – that's, I think, where the thought process is, in my opinion. This is nothing coming from the coaches. This is how I see it. Because I think yep. if you've been in the program for three years, you should get your opportunity to start if you think he's the guy. Um, and I don't think they think he's the guy. And that I don't think he's the guy either. That's my personal opinion. Um, again, he can win. you can win a lot of games with Steve Angeli. You can win a lot of games with him. I just don't know if you can win the big games with him. I don't think he's going to win you those games. Hey man, right. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, if he ends up being the starter, I hope I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Well, if uh, he if he ends up being a really good player, then you feel great about the future of the quarterback position because yeah. then you have Kenny Minch, you have CJ Carr, then you also have Deuce Knight coming in. If Steve Angeli's a dude, then quarterback's not going to be an issue for several years for Notre Dame. So yeah, I'm there. For absolutely it, I'm there correct. For absolutely correct. And I am obviously here for that as well. Yes, 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 yes. Brian Hockney, Brian, what's up, man? Where do we stand with Lincoln Cure, 2025 tight end? He's out of the state of Kansas, Goodlands, Kansas, I believe. Are we talk? Are we taking two tight ends in 2024? Who else is on the board? So I, I don't know if you meant to say 2025 on the second part there, Brian. But I'm so, sure he did, yeah. the 2024 class is 
solidified at this point. The 23 commits are who's going to be in the 2024 class for Notre Dame. And they obviously just ended up with the one tight end in Jack Larson. The plan, to my knowledge, is that Notre Dame is going to push for two tight ends in the 2025 class because they already have James Flanagan committed, who obviously is the son of Jim Flanagan Jr., who was a very good defensive lineman for the University of Notre Dame in the Bryant Young era of Notre Dame football. Yep, I remember him. Yeah. 2025, Brian, as far as Lincoln Cure. Lincoln Cure likes Notre Dame a a good bit. He does. But I've kind of reported in a piece recently and on the message board that I think that Notre Dame would have a legitimate chance with Lincoln Cure. But since they offered him a few weeks ago, there hasn't been a ton of communication, which has kind of been a little bit odd, right? So as of right now, I don't think that Lincoln Cure is incredibly realistic just because I don't think Notre Dame's pushing for whatever reason. I don't exactly know exactly what the logic is there. But I would say that there's, I think there's going to be expansion to the board, though. I, I think there's going to be expansion. We already saw it a little bit with Nicholas Townsend, who's out of Texas, 6'4", 225. He's being recruited as an athlete, but I watched him and I'm just like, that's a tight end, most likely. <laughs> like, that looks like a tight end to me. I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame pushes for him. They seem to like him a quite a good bit. And I also wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame expands the tight end board a little bit moving forward as well. So I do expect Notre Dame to push for two tight ends in the 2025 class. I'm just not sure that that's going to be Lincoln Cure. Beautiful. Nothing to add to that because you that's your that's your deal right there. All right, here we go. RJ Gerving, RJG Irving, mailbag. Do tackles and guards have specific skill sets which pair well with one another? Example, does a certain left tackle pair better with a specific guard who has skill sets that fit best at the left guard position? I mean, it all depends. There there are so many different variables that go into pairing guys with each other. Some It can be as simple as some guys just don't do well with their left hand in the dirt and one and another guy does better with his right hand in the dirt. You know what I mean? Like, it could be that simple. It could just be a these two guys communicate better with each other from a verbal standpoint and from a physical standpoint, they just communicate better. So we're going to put them together. Uh, it could be something as simple as that. Um, you know, from a technical standpoint, I mean, obviously there's differences between guards and tackles. Um, but when you're pairing guys together, it's just a lot of intangible stuff in my personal opinion, Ryan, what do you think about that? So. Sorry, I got uh, preoccupied for a second. Someone's calling me an idiot on Twitter again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a nickel for every time that happened to uh, me. <laughs> LSU fans, surprise, surprise. Oh, shocker. Um, <laughs> yes. I, so I, I think that it used to be a little bit more centric to left tackle, left guard, a little bit more of the finesse position because of the blind side, right? And then the right guard, right yeah. tackle used to be a little bit more run centric. So they were more of the, I always think of, the Philadelphia Eagles when I first started watching them heavily because I'm, I'm not an Eagles fan, but I grew up outside of Philly. So I watch a lot of Eagles football. They had at one point Trey Thomas at left tackle who changed his name to William Thomas and then John Runyon at right tackle. Right. That was the prototype at the time. Trey Thomas was big, but he was a really fleet mover, really good foot quickness length. And then also on the right side, you had John Runyon who was just a brute. Like he was so physical and so just, monster right and that's why you put a guy like Rocco Spindler at right guard because he's on the front side of plays he's to the strong side a lot and he's going to be kind of that physical mauler so I think that there's a traditional sense of let's put the physical dudes who maybe don't have as great a length on the right side let's still put the longer guys with a little bit foot quickness on the left side 
consistently. But I think you can mix and match it as well too, Vince. Like I'm not opposed to really talented left tackle who's more of a finesse guy, a mover, and a left guard being a little bit more of a physically demanding physical dude to pair with the left tackle and left guard. I think it also depends on run game philosophy, what you're trying to accomplish overall. But I think typically the what it, the past has told us is typically – more athletic guys, longer guys on the left side, right side is a little bit more the physically imposing type of dudes. That's traditionally what it's been anyway. Andre Tonsil, what two players on offense and defense most interesting seeing in action? So Vince, let's start with the offensive guys for you, man. Two guys offensively that you're most excited to see. I mean, I'm going to take the softball answer here, and it's Steve Angeli and Jeremiah Love. Like those you know, and for different reasons, right? I want to see Steve Angeli for what he can do in this game and, and see him from start to finish in a game that is his and his alone. But then I want to see Jeremiah Love for what he's going to be not only on Friday, but in the future because he right. is so freaking talented. And I hope that they just move his butt all over the field and just get him so involved in the offense. Like I am so excited to see what 12 looks like uh, as the lead guy. Yes, I, I Jeremiah Love is number one for me offensively. Mm. Number two offensively, I actually want to see Eli Raritan in this football game. At okay, it was a tough. It's a tough call between Jane Greathouse and Eli Raritan and Charles Jagasaw. Like those three guys are guys that I really want to see. But I want to see Eli Raritan a little bit in this one, Vince. We saw him kind of take a little bit of the onus as the you know the de facto starter down the yeah. stretch. I mean, that was one of the reasons that that Holden Stace left, right? Because it was like Eli was just kind of ascending into that guy. And without Mitchell Evans healthy, I think that Eli Raritan could play a big role in this football game because what is a young quarterback's best friend? A tight ends. That, that could really be a big asset to them, obviously. So give me some Eli Raritan, Jeremiah Love, just rarely going over Jaden Greathouse that I've seen. He's just seen a little bit more of at this point. And Charles Jagasaw, the new starting left tackle. Defensively, it's tough because we've seen yep. the vast majority of the defense that is going to be out there. And so I guess I'll say uh, Gray at corner uh, sure because he's going to be new to the to the starting bunch or new to the playing a lot bunch. And, man, other than that, Drake Bowen. I would love to see Drake, Drake Bowen Bowen's get some good. more snaps. I think that's going to be – obviously, he's not going to be starting in the game but he's going to get some opportunities, I think, at Mike. And so those would be my two guys. Yeah, I think Christian Gray is a really good one. I would like to see a lot of Christian Gray and see what he's able to do with the opportunity, you know, kind of cycling in with Jaden with Jade Mickey a little bit. The one guy that I would also mention, Vince, because I think Drake Bowen's a really good one. I'm excited to see Don Shoulder, hopefully, in this okay. football game. Yeah, he was on, yeah. We're going to see one of the, uh, we're going to probably see both of the true freshman safeties in this one. We're going to see Minnick and we're going to see Adon Schuller. Yep. And Adon Schuller is listed as the backup to DJ Brown in this football game. So I'm excited to see him as kind of that alley safety coming up, being physical. Sure. I really am interested to see how Adon Schuller does in this football game. Absolutely agree with that. Andy Milton fan, do you foresee bowl games being played in the future by second string players with starters not going to the draft sitting out? So not opting out, but just yeah. sitting out, just taking the day off. Like I don't I see so. that. I guess I don't see that yeah, being yeah. the case, Milton. I because yeah, yeah, I just I don't. I, they're still on the team. They're gonna play. Like right. I, yeah, I mean because I, one, it some guys are going to be returning to to the team next year, right? Like not every veteran player is just going to sit out. Who's coming back next year? For one, I think for two also. 
we're, I, I understand because we're you're a Notre Dame fan, right, Nathan? Obviously. So you look at this game and say, Notre Dame's out, out a bunch of key players. Oregon State's out a bunch of key players. There's a lot of backups in this football game. I, I get why your, your mindset's there. But like a, a, a different team, like there's a lot of different football teams that are playing in bowl season this year. And a lot of them are not playing backups. Like they're trying to win the football game. I mean, there's some teams that like Jacksonville state this year. And I know Notre Dame is much different than Jacksonville state, but Jacksonville state literally like appealed to be able to play in a bowl game this year. You don't think that they're going to play their starters. Heck yeah, they are. Cause they want to win the football game, man. Yeah. So I, I think that there's situations that are all, always be different. But I think overall, it's never going to get to that point because it is valuable to a lot of different teams. It just maybe more than what no, it's valuable for this Notre Dame Oregon State game that we're going to see on Friday. Yep, agreed. But it's a good question. Irish blooded. Have they announced if they will have names on uniforms or not for the bowl game? I don't think that's really something that they announce anymore uh, because it's just, just kind, kind of, of a tradition. <laughs> they just do it. I think they've done it every year since charlie started it when they went to the uh, hawaii bowl with jimmy yep. clausen um mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure they've done it every year since then so i don't think that's kind of an announcing thing i think they just do it it's just understood it's happened every year that i can remember since then so um yep. i would be shocked if that was not the case in shock huh? game i would shocked. be shocked yes i love it man i love it <laughs> there's I not much it. to be shocked about in this game so i'll be shocked if they don't have names on the back of their uniforms <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's hilarious yeah luke breeding is nolan ziggler available f- available for the bowl game excuse me so he's, he's not on the too deep right so right. i mean that's I, i'm not 100 percent sure luke I, I honestly could probably text Brian now and see if he's kind of participating <laughs> in practice. I think that would be a huge indicator, obviously. I know he'd come back later in the year, so yeah. I would assume so. I haven't heard that he isn't available for the bowl game, but obviously he's not on the too deep right now, so it must still be maybe just working back in. We saw him on special teams a lot, obviously, later in the year, so maybe that's just kind of the, the, proje- the trajectory for the rest of the season, but I haven't heard that he isn't playing in the bowl game, so we shall see. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why he wouldn't be available. I mean, I I'm in doing, some capacity, right? Like yeah, maybe not I, starting or being that guy, but yeah. Hundred percent. Like I'm obviously trolling his Twitter account at the moment, but like on <laughs> December eleventh, he was dunking, you know, he he's got, you know, his pinned uh deal that, you know, he was on special teams. He's got a video, you know, of him making a play there. You know, I mean, he's gonna be available. I don't know why he wouldn't be available unless there's something that I don't know. At least on special teams, more than likely, right? Right, exactly, exactly. And I I think based on the way everything kind of went down this year, you know, kind of missing half the year and things like that, I think that, you know, the fact that he's on special teams and contributing in a a direct way is fantastic. Like, I I think that that's about – that's the ceiling for this year just because of how the first part of the year went down, you know, with with some of the injury and the sitting out and, you know, all of that. So um, I don't see why he wouldn't be available – uh, for special teams in this particular game. You want to hear the greatest reply I've ever seen on, on X real quick. So um, I retweeted Mike Denbrock being officially. Hired I saw that. Yeah. There's, been, there's been a big thing. LSU fans are saying that they never wanted um, yeah. Mike Denbrock. I was like, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Hilarious. So I just said, it's, it's okay. LSU fans didn't want him apparently. And then the LSU fan commented said, Ryan, you're an idiot. We love Denbrock and wish him well as he chooses a to coach a lesser team to be close to his fat home and family. And I just, wow. I retweeted that Vince. And I simply said, you could have just stopped after the first sentence. 
I'm saying, Ryan, you're an idiot, and I would have disagreed with you. So. <laughs> people, people take I, I want to remind everybody out there, and I, I reminded someone of this a couple weeks ago. Twitter is not real life. No, it's not. Not real life. So nope. if you want to call you want to call me an idiot or stupid on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, man. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, people were coming at me the other day because I said there was no way Mike Denbrock was going to come back to Notre Dame, you know, and yes. th- they had to, uh, you know, cut out the part of the video that I said that, you know, didn't matter that the next day I was saying different things, but whatever, it's no big deal. And, uh, you know, this one guy just would not let it go, just would not let it go. So, you know, I blocked him or whatever. And then he got all mad that I blocked him and, I mean, it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. I tweeted later on. I was like, yeah, I'm going to sleep just fine tonight. Like, it, this is not, <laughs> you, you're not hurting me in any way on this. Oh, it's like, that's hilarious. People, like, get over yourselves. Uh, but anyway, all right, back to the mailbag. And speaking of Mike Denbrock. Kevin Park said, will Mike Denbrock be at the game? I mean, typically, Vince, I, I don't know if he's announced this, but usually when the coach is hired, before the bowl game, usually they are in attendance. I yeah. mean, I saw a team, I forget what team it was, but like their new offensive coordinator that is not coaching during the bowl game was there to watch, right? And to be able to just kind of self-scout a little bit yeah. and to just be around the team. So would I be surprised if Mike Denbrock was there? Nah, I wouldn't be not surprised about that. But do I know for certain that he will be there? Also, no. But I, I, I again, like if he's on, if he's in attendance, I just would not be surprised at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I would not be uh, surprised at all if he's there. I, in fact, I would expect him to be there, if I'm being honest. I think yeah. this is a great opportunity for him to see what these guys can do in person because he's not yeah. going to get a chance to do that until spring ball um, yeah. because of all the I, rules I, and everything else, I, right? I, I, I would also just like to just kind of be in the meeting room, you know, like just be a fly Absolutely. on the wall. Like I don't need to talk to the guys or to be the, the lead voice in the room either. Like I just want to hear – terminology and what they're doing and what they're looking at and you know, all that type of stuff. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's there. No, I wouldn't be surprised. And I I think he probably will be there. Um, You know, he's probably still dealing with stuff in, in Baton Rouge and, and getting himself situated, um, you know, and I guess, I guess he has a a house to buy as well too. Right. He's probably got a lot of things on his, on his list. Right. I mean, there's a lot of things going on, uh, that he's got going down, but I would be shocked if he wasn't there. I mean, what else is he doing on December 29th? I mean, I, I just, I feel like he'll probably be there unless he had like a vacation already set up, you know, that kind of a deal. But, um, I think he'll be there. I I do. So sure. Uh, but good question because I think we're all wondering that, right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We had RIP Jules. Will our new offensive line be able to create some holes for our backs? I mean, I think they can. Yeah. I mean, I think that, look, is there going to be probably some missteps for like a Charles Jagasaw and pass protection during this game? Sure. Probably a little bit of miscommunication, maybe a couple false steps, all that type of stuff. But the one thing I know, Vince, 
Charles Jagasol is imposing, man. Like that kid yes, is six foot seven, three hundred thirty pounds, and plays with good bends. I think that he is going to be a pretty good run blocker from the onset. I think that you have Billy Shrouth, who is going to be an asset in that run game. I think Ashton Craig could be that. I think Pat Coogan is a pretty strong guy. I think that he can be an asset in there as well. My biggest question about the offensive line is actually not left tackle with Charles Jagasol. I don't know what to expect of right tackle. You know, if it's Tosh, Tosh Baker, he's been rough in, in some outings that he's had, obviously. Is Emil Wagner going to be able to play a little bit and to be that guy? I don't know what to expect of right tackle, but I ultimately do think the offensive line will be just fine and good enough. Yep, I do too. I I, I think they will open holes for the backs. I think the backs are going to make some plays. Um, so I, I don't see an issue there. Now, might it take a little bit longer for them to gel maybe in the game? Possible. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. possible, you know, but I do think they have the ability to create holes for the backs. No doubt about that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Agree. All right. Next one's from Chief Brody. What's up, Chief? When is the maximum number of years that it's okay for Marcus Freeman to not have the team competing for a title, at least a playoff win or two? I mean, the definition of a playoff win is going to be a lot different starting next year than it is this year because a playoff win this year means you're in the national championship game. A playoff next year means that you probably won at home in December against a lesser opponent. Like, yep. you know what I mean? So like we have, I think we have to, we have to change our definition of that. And I think we also need to change our definition of competing for a title is competing for a title, just making the 12 team playoff. You're competing for a title. Well, that's next year it, then. That's, that's next year. If that, if that's the, yeah. Yep. Right. So if he's, if he's in the top 12, let's say he's the 11 seed. Right. Let's say Notre Dame is the 11 seed in a 12 team playoff because they'll never be the 12 seed. Right. Because that'll always be that group of five team. So let's say Notre Dame is the 11 seed. Are they competing, quote unquote, for a title? I mean, technically, yes. Sure. So, you know, we have to we have to adjust our definitions. But I think what Chief Brody is trying to say is how long is the leash on Marcus Freeman? He's going to have yeah. to continue to make some incremental steps at the very least. Right. So they win the Sun Bowl. They got 10 wins. Right. I think next year they got to have at least 10 wins during the regular season and then an 11th bowl win, whatever that happens to be. Right. And if they have 10 wins in the regular season, they're in the playoff. Most likely. Yep. You know what I mean? And so you got to win that first round game. Then you're, you're, you're making those incremental steps. Right. Um, But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I I think you're right. Cause I think in 2024, you have to make the playoff in its yeah, team. Like you have to, you have to make the playoff to be a legitimate championship contender. I would say by year four, I mean, cause in year four in 2025, you are going to have a stable and all your, this, that team is going to a hundred percent be Marcus Freeman's team. Like that is going to be fully his recruits, his coaching staff, everything. That's going to be his baby. Yes. So yeah. to be a, win championship year four i think is the year that you have to get or at least contend for that year three though i think in 2024 you have to make the playoff like not not as in like make the playoff or you're out type of situation but like in the trajectory of this program yeah to your point vince like you have to be in that conversation i would say that yeah i think i think they had to make the playoff next year i mean that would have been it would be a very disappointing situation if I mean, two losses, I think, gets you in the playoff. One loss absolutely gets you in the playoff, right? So sure. I think 
two losses, depending on how the rest of college football looks, right? If Notre Dame had two losses this year, they would have been in the top 12. Like they would have been in the 12 team playoff. If they had two losses this year, they'd, they'd have been in a new year six. Right. Um, and so a new year six bowl is essentially a playoff berth, right? I mean, that's basically what we're talking about. So two losses gets you in. I would still be disappointed with two losses. If I'm being honest, I think, you know, next year is a one loss to no loss opportunity for Notre Dame. And so two losses would be disappointing, but they're in the playoff. That's still a step in the right direction. So, um, man, you still got to be making those steps and eventually you're going to run out of steps without winning a national championship. Right. So, you know, I, I think I'm not firing him if he continuously makes the playoff like that. That's not what I would do if I was Notre Dame, but there would have to be some changes made to show that they can go the next step. Right. And I don't think that's the head coach. There has to be exponential growth. Like, I mean, in year three, you can't flatline and just be kind of the same, right? Like they're right. You need to be continuing to build and continuing to take next steps. And I think as long as Notre Dame is showing exponential growth from a year to year basis, I'm comfortable, right? Right. Because that means next year, double digit win team to what you said already in this regular season, you're pretending for, you know, obviously you're going to be in a playoff spot more than likely. Then you're going to be in contention for playoff. The year after that, you get a little bit better and a little bit better. Again, like it's a building process. I think that we we just want quick fixes too much, but it's about sustainability for a program. Right. And I do think that it's becoming sustainable for Marcus Freeman. It's just about keep keep building, man, because they're recruiting at a high level. They have put together now, I would say, I mean, again, Vince, like this coaching staff in 2024 is going to be a lot better than it was in yeah. 2023, in my yeah. opinion. Right? Yeah, so, I agree. And We're the schedule's better. easier and the roster's better. Like, I, yeah. I I, I think all of those things apply, right? And going into it, that equals more wins in theory, right? Mm-hmm. That equals more wins. But we'll have to see how it goes. I thought they should have had more wins this year. So, very you true. know, <laughs> we'll see how it all shakes out. Should all right. This is, this is more of a comment uh, than a question, but something we can toss back and forth from Paul Samoro said with all the players on both teams who decided to opt out, the game will show has, um, will show probably recruiting has, the better. I would think. Oh, has the recruiting, uh, the better players. Notre Dame should have an edge with Angeli, but we shall see. I mean, yeah, we talked about that. I mean, I think it's about depth of talent. That's why I, I don't like, I, I'm, I push back on recruiting rankings a lot because I think that it, again, you're just, you're trusting someone to evaluate it that you don't know their credentials as an evaluator. And I just think that that's a little bit inconsistent. Right. But I also think that the blue chip ratio is a, is a good indicator, Vince. Like that, that's obviously like a matter sure. of four and five star players that you have comparative to the entire class. And I, I think it does show depth. So I, I like that to a degree. And I think that Notre Dame is definitely the more deep team than what Oregon state is coming into this sure. football game. I agree. And we, like you said, we talked about the depth. I think Notre Dame has the much deeper team than Oregon state does. And it shows by who's actually going to be playing in this game. The only thing I would push back here on Paul is the only indicator uh, as to who wins this game will not be Steve Angeli. Like, I don't think he's the edge that Notre Dame has. Cause if you're just comparing quarterbacks, I mean, the other quarterback has eight career starts and he's right. played in 10 games and he's got, you know, He's got a bunch of experience, you know, albeit in 2022, but he's got way more experience than Steve Angeli does. And so I don't know that that's like the tipping point that I would give Notre Dame the edge. It's 
the depth everywhere else is where I would give Notre Dame the edge. That's the only point I would push back on, Paul. Other than that, I think you're you're spot on. It is going to show who has the deeper team, who has the better roster. And I think at the end of the day, that is going to be Notre Dame. Michael Johnson, the passing game may be better than people think. Steve has been throwing to these guys on the second team all year, and the timing should be down for this game. I mean, I, I understand your theory, Michael, but the starting wide receivers in this game are going to be Jaden Greathouse, Jaden Thomas, Deion Colsey, Jordan Faison. I mean, those aren't guys that Steve Angeli's been throwing to. Those are well, guys on a little Hart- bit, right? Phase on a little bit. Of the year. But yeah. like the second half of the year, those are the guys that Sam Harton's been throwing to, or they've been injured. So sure. I, you know, the passing game may be better than we think. And that would be fantastic. If they do the things that we're talking about them doing, I think the passing game could be very effective, right? Run after yeah. the catch and, you know, all of those different things. But to the point of he's been throwing to these guys all season, I don't think that is actually accurate. No, I, I think I think it's about efficiency, and I think that that obviously will help being familiar with a couple guys. Like I think you're going to have more familiarity as far as throwing to Jordan Faison, maybe to a Cooper Flanagan, for instance, maybe one of the running back, a couple of the running backs. So right. you'll have some familiarity. I think you'll be fine. Oh, Look, sure. I want I want efficiency in this game, Vince. I, yep. Like for me, a successful game for Steve Angeli is 14 of 20, 70 percent, 180 something yards, a touchdown or two. Like cool, man. You're doing yeah. your job, and I love it. Great. Yep. And Notre Dame wins by three touchdowns in that in yes. that regard. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I expect. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But look, again, Steve Angeli is not going to win this game for you, but he could lose the game for you. He just needs to go out and do his thing and be efficient, and he'll be just fine. And everybody will be raving about Steve Angeli and how amazing he is. It'd be awesome. Yes. Yes. Aiden Benami. What's up, Aiden? How confident are you in Deion Colsey being taking the next step as we expected? I still have hope. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm in a wait and see approach at this point. I didn't, I, I still believe in the talent, but at some point the production needs to follow. And it just, it's been a partly injury related. It's been partly not getting enough opportunities related, but I mean, the clock is nearing the end for Deion Colsey, obviously. I mean, if, if it doesn't happen in 2024, it's, probably never going to happen right that so, i agree with yeah I, I still believe in the talent vince but i mean it, you have to see more obviously than what we've seen so far well and and here's the thing about uh about Dion colsey too and i think a lot of people forget this right i mean he, this is his third year but he has yet to have a healthy season like you know if he can be completely healthy next year he has yeah. a chance to be that guy i mean he has a chance to be sure. the guy we thought he could be right if it doesn't happen next year, then I agree. Then it's kind of a lost cause. He, it, injuries have just hurt him so much. And, and and at first it was kind of a mental side of things. Then it was injuries and he couldn't get on the field and he just hasn't been consistent to be consistent on the field. And so, yeah. you know, I still believe that he could be a, a he's not going to be the guy. He's not going to be the A receiver. I don't think that's going to happen, but he can still be a very, very key contributor to this team because he's got all the physical attributes um, that you need to be really, really good. And so yeah. per- personally, I hope that this game is a nice little springboard for him into the off season and then into the spring. It, it's, it's how you draw it up as a boundary receiver. I mean, six, five, sure. 200, 215 pounds. It's probably been clocked in the high four fours at Notre Dame. So he's athletically gifted, man. It, I hope he puts it together, but I'm me too. 
guess I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> it's kind of where I'm coming from on this one. So we'll <laughs> yeah, see hear that. Oh, Iden has another one here, and this will be very interesting. Can we get a picture of Brian with a sombrero on, please? LOL. Well, my first question, Iden, would be uh, how much of a super chat can you drop for that one? Because then we can run it by the boss man to see if that's enough for him. But I, I don't know if it's a very realistic. I don't know. I can't imagine Brian with a sombrero on. I don't know. It, I, it's, it, it's on par with seeing Marcus Freeman in a sombrero, and I, I have seen that with my own eyes, and that was uh, an interesting picture that I saw. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I would say that's probably not going to happen, uh, my man. But you know, you never know. You never know. Uh, I'm sure there's right. a price. I'm, I'm sure, sure there's there, a price. There's a price sure there's for a everything. Price. Everyone has a price. There is a price for everything. That is for sure. Salty Virginia Peanuts, what things were in the Diderio and Robert's family gift stockings? Any lumps of coal? Ooh, harsh. My wife thinks it's hilarious to get me like the the uh like the candy that's shaped like coal. Like she thinks that's so oh, funny. Yeah. yeah. Is so it good that's, though? Um, no, it's like that cheap chocolate, you know. I think it's oh, just nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, she hasn't done that in a few years, but man, was that a running joke for quite a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, look. The 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 uh, the daddy Dario stocking usually is you know I think I got some socks you know in there nice. some candy you know some things like nice. that the the attention is more towards the uh, the younger children yes yeah my my stocking wasn't too full I think I got <laughs> I got a new i I got a new iPhone charger because mine had just Ooh. broken so that was an easy one right so a nice. new iPhone charger nice. Some razors, we got some yep. razors. I think. I think I got a pair of socks in there too. All so, things yeah. that are needed, like that's yeah, very that, those are my Christmas gifts in general. Like it's all yep. stuff that is needed, like stuff yep. you know, practical. You, you can't stay this clean, clean shaven, and good looking without some good razors. So <laughs> you're not wrong. You are you are not wrong, sir. All right, uh, let's see what's next here. Oh, here we go. This is an easy one. Adam Benami, how many starts games has the quarterback played? I think it's 12 overall and eight starts in 2022. I believe yep. is the number. Uh, he played in 10 games in 22 and eight starts. I, but I yep. think he had a couple of games this year where he got in, he threw like one pass. So that probably yeah. equals the 12 that you're referring Amen. to. Yeah. Him and Kenny Minchie have yet to throw an incomplete pass this season for their respective teams. So there you go. Third string quarterbacks, baby. <laughs> Best players on the team. Best players on the team. Ugh. Got DK. Who is the MVP of the bowl game, and why is it Steve Angeli? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go Jeremiah DK. Love. Jeremiah no, Love that was, my yeah, pick. yeah, that was gonna be mine too. I, I think I think he's gonna he is going to affect the game on the ground and through the air, and yep. he's gonna get in the end zone a couple different times. And I think he's gonna be dynamic in this game as well. So I'm I'm with you, Ryan. I think that I would go with Jeremiah Love as well. But Love we all know. I mean, look. Tyler Buckner was the MVP of the game last year and he threw sure. like seven touchdowns, three the wrong way or two the wrong way or whatever, <laughs> whatever the end of the, the stat line ended up being right. He was responsible for a boatload of touchdowns. And still got, the I, think, I think it was, I think it was five touchdowns, was two pick five? sixes and three, to, three touchdowns. Okay. And I think he had two more on the ground. Yeah. There you so. go. I mean, it was a ridiculous. Game. It was a ridiculous stat line, but he was the MVP. So Obviously, they're going to lean quarterback for the winning team, and so I wouldn't be surprised if it was Steve Angeli, but I think Jeremiah Love will deserve it at the end. Jay Love, 70-yard touchdown you. in this game, calling it. Calling it's it. going to be fun to watch. Joe Allen, over-under on defense, defensive scores. Are we talking full 
both teams? Are we talking one team? I think that's a Look, important question to ask. I'd say let's go both teams, like over under all the all defensive scores in the game. I mean, what would you set the over under on first? I mean, I, I defensive scores. I mean, I'm either like 0. 0.5 or one point yeah. five. I think you got to put mean, it at point five. Like I mean, you got to put it at point five, right? I mean, because defensive scores just don't always happen. Sure. Um, so I think you got to put it at point five. Okay. I'm going to say over 0.5. Oh, two, Joe? For bo- no. no. I'm not even going to push there. I'm going under on two, over on 0.5. That's my guess. Yeah, so I, would, I would I would agree with that because I think Notre Dame will score on the defensive side of the football. If Oregon State is scoring on defense, that it, it could be a longer day for Notre Dame than we had anticipated. Let's go that route. And so. I, I, Joe, I know this isn't you thing because this <clears throat> does happen in Vegas, but I, I hate the – the whole number lines uh, lines oh. on the over unders, man. Like I need Terrible. a half somewhere in there, man. I need a half. I need a half. No twos. I absolutely agree with that. No, nothing worse than getting a push, man. Nothing worse. Nothing. Nothing worse. It's like a tie. Yeah. All right, Spencer. Spencer Kane. Will Jeremiah Love become running back one next year? I mean, they're gonna obviously awesome. use multiple running backs. But sure. I would put my money on Jeremiah Love being the number one guy. Yes, I think that he could eventually assume the de facto RB1 conversation. I don't think it's going to look the same as what Audrey estimate was this year, though, because I think that the offense is just going to be a little bit more spread out from a run game perspective. So I don't think it's going to be, you know, 250 carries to 70 carries right. or vice versa like that. Right. I think it's going to be a little bit more split. But I would not be surprised if at the end of the year, if Jeremiah Love is the unquestioned starter RB one, and then you're looking at Jadarian Price and saying like that is a dynamic second running back that gets a lot of playing time. I think that it could definitely could happen. All right, I agree with that completely. Here we go because there's gonna be a lot of talent in that running back room, and so you're gonna want to get those guys touches. But yeah, I think he's gonna be the lead guy. I know it's super early. It's from Tyler Binge. I know it's super early, but 2026 quarterbacks? Oh, man, we're talking 2026s. Talking about it. <laughs> I, I mean, there, there's a few There's a few guys, though. I mean, honestly, like, I think everybody and their mother is, has offered Julian Lewis, who's the Georgia kid that's already committed to USC. A couple ugh. guys, though, Tyler. So, sorry, good. Bivens, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, ugh, USC. Yeah. Ugh. But, yes. I mean, what are the odds that they're going to have the same head coach by the time a sophomore in high school uh, is going to college? Yes, we'll it's crazy, man. He's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But a co- couple guys, Tyler, that I know Notre Dame is, I mean, I think in total Notre Dame has offered six guys in the in the 2026 <clears throat> class at wow. quarterback. Wow. Two guys that stand out to me that I think Notre Dame likes and that are, have one has visited campus for sure. The other one I think it might as, as well. One is Ryder Lyons, who's out of Folsom, who I like a lot. He's more of a dual threat quarterback. But he is the younger brother of uh, Walker Lyons, who was a Stanford commit in the 2023 class, flipped to USC, and I believe he's on his Mormon mission right now. But he is the younger brother there. I think Notre Dame likes him quite a bit. Obviously, there's a little bit of a limitation on how much you can talk to a 2026 quarterback right now. But I think there's a you know good early conversation there. And then Noah Grubbs, who's a quarterback out of the state of Florida, just threw like 40-something touchdowns as a sophomore Jeez. in high school. Yeah, he's also like 6'4", 215 already. Like, he's a pretty big kid as well. He's been on campus at Notre Dame. He visited for a game this past year. So, Noah Grubbs, uh, Ryder Lions, a couple guys to keep a close eye on, I suppose. Wow. 
That's amazing that you actually Folsom. have names of 26 kids. Um, yeah, what is what is this comment? Folsom, are um, we sure about that? Yeah, you went to Folsom. So it goes to Folsom High School in California. Oh, Rico Flores. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. It was a Rico Flores comic because he went to Folsom. Got it. Oh, yep. gotcha. All I they they like him, though, man. They look, they look <clears> on him. And uh, Jason just mentioned Brady Hart. He's been the most recent quarterback that Notre Dame has offered as well. So, yeah. Gotcha. Just a few guys on the board, man. A few guys. All right. 2026. Sophomores. Nuts. Yes. All right. Sophomore in high schools, man. Yeah. Damn. They have a lot of options already on the table. Crazy. Sloppy Joe. I saw Kevin Humes, the cornerback out of the state of Maryland, is reclassifying to 2024. Where does Notre Dame stand with him? I, I think Notre Dame made his top five list at this point because he's originally a 2025 kid reclassifying to 2024. I would just be surprised if he ended up with Notre Dame. Just kind of leave it at that for now. I, I just, I, I don't think they were counting on that happening and. I don't think there's been a I don't think there's been a crazy push for Kevin Humes over the last few weeks just in general. I think that there's been a couple cornerbacks that have risen up the board a little bit. The Mark Zachary's of the world, the Dallas Goldens of the world, the Devin Williamses of the world. There's a few corners that Notre Dame really likes in the 2025 class. And um, now that Humes is in 2024, I expect Notre Dame to be quote unquote on final lists, quote unquote, yeah. in contention until the end, but I don't envision Kevin Humes ending up with Notre Dame. So, unless something okay. drastically changes down the stretch here. All right. Mark with glasses. What's up, Mark? Will it be a true open quarterback competition? Or are we handcuffed? Hate that terminology to Riley Leonard because of the <laughs> NIL and optics of it all. And our one year rental quarterbacks unbenchable because when Sam Hartman stunk, it sure felt like it. Wow. Well, first of all, is there going to be a competition? Maybe. Riley Leonard's going to be the starter. And it's yeah. not because of NIL and the optics of it all. It's because Riley Leonard's better right now on December 27th and will be again on September 1st or whenever the first game is than everybody else that is on the roster. So that's why he's going to start. Um, it's not because of NIL. It's not because of the optics. It's because he's going to be better. That's my opinion. Um, yep. and, and you're not handcuffed to Leonard. You recruited Leonard. They're just as handcuffed to him as they are to everybody else that they recruited. So I don't like that. I, I agree with you. I don't like that terminology. Uh, but you know, it's so negative, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like a very right. negative connotation. Yes, it, yeah. I know. Right. That's absolutely correct. So, um, yeah. Did Sam play perfect all year round? No, he certainly did not. And the second half of the season didn't play great. Um, I, I agree with you, but do we think that who they had on the roster was going to be a better option at that point? I, I just don't know that that's the case. So uh, right. I understand why they stuck with Sam Hartman. Um, and it's not because of all the off the field stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I look, you bring him rather than in here to start a quarterback in Notre Dame, even if they call it a, con a competition, I'm not fully buying it. You know what I mean? Like it's just not right. right. I, yeah. So if they try to push that there's a competition. If they try yeah. to push that narrative, that's exactly what it is. It's a narrative. I, I call I call shenanigans. I call shenanigans. <laughs> on that one. But yeah, I, I I think that it will be Riley Leonard, and unless he is injured at some point, I think that it's going to ride with Riley Leonard. The handcuff thing is um, extremely negative, in my opinion. I don't like that terminology at all. I think that that just sounds that, that you're obliged and limited to a thing when it's just like, hey, man, I, 
I mean, if I if I'm handcuffed to a six four, two hundred fifteen pound, four six athlete who has big time potential every year, like that sounds great to me. Like I'll be very happy about that. So, <laughs> uh, handcuffed, I think, is just not the right terminology I would use there. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Here's a good one. T Smith zero three two three. How do you guys feel about Chip Kelly saying college needs to be like NF like the NFL and just have schools go independent and have com- commissioner run it? Keep the other sports separate. I listened to his little rant that he had. Uh, I think it's probably a few weeks ago now. Yep. I, I got to say, I, I kind of love it. Um, yes, Vince. Thank I, you. I thought you were going to be a gift at first. Thank you. That's I good, love it because, yeah. look, we, we all talk about, you know, with like, for example, all those uh, Pac-12 teams going to the Big Ten and like all these other things. Okay, it works for football because, you know, it's one day a week. You know, the travel is what it is. You go the day before. It's no big deal. It is going to be hell for all of the other sports. And so at this point, the way college football is going, you do just need to separate college football from everything else, allow the Olympic sports to go back into their regionalized conferences so that they can actually compete regionally because they play during the week, most of them. Tuesdays, yep. Thursdays, Wednesdays, whatever the case may be, you need to be mm-hmm. regional for that. Okay. If you still want them to go to school and be somewhat successful in the classroom. Okay. So those need to be regionalized. Football doesn't need to be regionalized because of the way that it is run. The only conference that I'm aware of, and, and I don't know all of the lower conferences, is the MAC who plays on like a Tuesday and things like that, football wise. But if football was independent, you put everybody on the weekend. It's it is what it is. I and, and you have a commissioner that runs it. I freaking love it. I, I think it's a great idea, and I think it's long overdue at this point. Yeah, I like it too because I think the biggest thing is that the NCAA is a bunch of nincompoops and they're not helping anything anyway. So <laughs> being able to, I think go. I think that it's great one that Notre Dame is independent to begin with. And I think that it will, it will give flexibility to a lot of other teams. And I think that that would be a, I mean, if if we're just trying to create a pool of great football, let these teams run their thing and and be able to to create their own revenue stream that way. And to actually assist their players more efficiently than depending on the NCAA to just kind of create the wild, wild West. I'm a big fan of getting away from that NCAA model and just letting these teams govern themselves basically at this point. So I'm for it, man. I heard him and I'm just like, Chip Kelly said that? All right, Chip. All right, man. I respect it. Good job, Chip. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. I completely agree. I think it's a a fantastic idea. We actually have a super chat. I'm going to throw it up. Here we go. Jim Holleran. Thank you so much, Jim. Appreciate the super chat. Ryan, great article with Cam Williams. Happy New Year. Go Irish. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate Just it. a super chat to throw some love to Ryan. I love that. Love so make it, sure man. you guys check it out. Irishbreakdown.com. It's probably right over there, and it's available to everybody. So yes. there we go. There's comments in here that the, somebody, you know, people are not big fans of uh, Riley Leonard, and they hope somebody beats him out. Um <laughs> Don't get your hopes up, folks. That's just not going to happen. I I mean, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I just don't see that being the case. So, yeah. All right. (laughs) Chief Brody, realistic season by season goals for Marcus Freeman. I think it's 10 and two, whether that's playoff or not. And I think New Year's six playoff win in the next two to three seasons. Talked about that a little bit, right? Kind of the trajectory of the program, but. 
Yeah, yeah no, we did. And I, I think, uh, first of all, New Year's Six games are going away. They're pretty much going to be playoff games now. So yep. um, I think that they he will need to win a playoff game, obviously, moving forward. Um, and with the way that the playoff is, is situated, you know, as long as Notre Dame is five, six, seven, or eight, they're going to be able to host a playoff game at Notre Dame stadium in December. And so I like his chances of winning a playoff game. I, I do, um, much more so than if we said, you got to win a playoff game over the past 10 years, because that would have meant they were playing for a national championship. Um, right. they've got a really good roster. The schedule yeah. breaks down really well for them, you know, over the next couple of years, I think. You know, the quarterback position plays out very well for them. I think, you know, a lot of things are pointing in a positive direction. And so Marcus Freeman is obviously, as the head coach, is going to have to take advantage of that and be successful. Uh, You don't have to win. It's obviously, it's impossible to win a national championship every single year, right? But you, you need to be in the conversation. You need to be, you know, part of that. Maybe a, a one-year dip, but then right back into the conversation, you know, that kind of a situation. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. I, I think that you are – now with the 12-team playoff, I think that that has to be the realistic goal every single single year, yes. Chief. And, and with a 10-2 and two record, you're going to make it more often than not. So 10 wins yeah. plus each every year, I think, is has to be the realistic goal because that's honestly what the standard was before Marcus Freeman got here. Like, they expected Absolutely. Notre Dame to win 10-plus games. You expect them to win double-digit games each year. If they do it from now on – it's going to be about potentially making the playoffs and in then probably a shorter window, maybe the next three years or so you got to contend for a national championship. You have to potentially win one and to be that type of team. So I think that's kind of the window I'm looking for moving forward. Yep. Absolutely. Correct. All right. A couple more here. We'll get to, we have David Carpenter. Tell me what to watch on the first series for, for Notre Dame, Notre Dame offense and defense that indicated will be a good day for the Irish um, offensive and defensive lines, David. Like if there is, a good push and sustain a bit or um, good push and communication offensively. I think it's a great sign. And if Notre Dame is just getting greeking havoc defensively, getting a push and creating some penetration defensively. I think if you win in the trenches in this game, then you have the opportunity to blow Oregon state out. Yep. Completely agree. You know, if they, if Oregon state goes three and out and Notre Dame is just living in the backfield, I think that's a good sign for what's to come, uh, you know, for the rest of the game and then defensive or offensively, diversification in the run game, simple throws, confidence, you know, just like we talked about with the keys to victory. I think you could easily see that in the first uh, series because it'll be on script and you're going to see kind of what the game plan is for Notre Dame at that point offensively. So if you see those things, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape. Agreed. We had Will ND. Are any other 2024 recruits practicing with the team besides CJ Carr? Nope. He's the only one. The rest are going to be enrolling officially in January, so they will be there for winter workouts and then spring ball, obviously. But CJ Carr is the only one that was granted that early, um, that early opportunity to be with the Irish for the bowl prep. Yep. All right. There's a fun one from Tommy T Guns. What's your bet? What's your one surefire bet for the game? This one's easy for me. It's the line. Uh, I think right now it's minus six in favor of Notre Dame. I would take that and run with it. I think that will be an easy one to cover for Notre Dame. Notre, Notre Dame money line and the over under, I think it was only like 40 and one and a half or something like yeah, that. Give me low. the over. You Give take me the, the over. over? Okay. I'll take the over. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm on the fence. I think I'm going to leave the over under alone just because I'm not convinced of what Oregon State's going to be able to do. But 
the minus six, I think, is is about the most gimme of a bet that's out there. At least that's how I feel. You can cut and splice this part of the uh, the podcast and trash me on Twitter, but that's what I think is going to happen. All right, last one. Okay. Last one from Andre Tonsil. What do you think will have to be the record for Notre Dame to make the playoffs next year or any teams next year? I think Notre Dame is 10-2. and two. Without a conference championship game, I think you have to have double-digit wins to be your yep. top 12 team. Yep, completely agree with that. I think double digits in the regular season gets you in. Um, depending on where you're seated at that point, will depend on what everybody else is doing and what everybody else is up to as far as their records and things. Like ten and two would have gotten Notre Dame a New Year's Six Bowl this year. It would have yep. it would have been in the top twelve, and that's what you need to do to be in the twelve team playoff. And yes, I realize that there are only eleven slots available because one is going to the Group of Five team. My point still stands that Notre Dame would have been right there if they were 10 and two. Right. Sure. And so, cause that last win would have been against Clemson and they would have been just fine getting into a new year six this year. So um, yeah, I think 10 wins will get them in more often than not. Um, but obviously if you want to guarantee yourself a spot, then you want it to be 11 or 12 wins, you know, Agreed. that obviously guarantees you. And uh, obviously Notre Dame can be no hi- higher than fifth anyway. And so I feel like, to be honest with you, Ryan, 11 or 12 wins get you to that fifth spot every time, like are pretty yes. dang close to every time. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, you're guaranteed to host a game. Let's put it that way. You're guaranteed to host a game if you've got 11 wins. So Absolutely. Correct. Agreed. All right, Ryan, This is that's going to do it for this edition of the Irish Breakdown podcast. Make sure everybody likes, subscribes, hit the notification bell, share with your family and friends. If you're not a member of the message board, make sure you get over there, boards.irishbreakdown.com, because there's all kinds of good stuff there. There is going to be a meet and greet at the uh, bowl game in El Paso tomorrow. Uh, All the details are on the message board. If you are not a member of the message board, you can message Brian on Twitter. He will give you that information. And uh, you can meet them. Like I said, had a great time when we were down at the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So make sure you head down. Um, I haven't even looked at what the location is, but I'm sure it's going to be probably evening time um, down there in El Paso tomorrow. Um, so make sure you check that out. And then, of course, as Ryan announced earlier on the show, he's going to be heading down to San Antonio, Texas. Um, and he's going to be talking to a bunch of Notre Dame recruits who are going to be down there for the Army game. And he's going to be down there all week. So if you're down in San Antonio, get a hold of Ryan. I'm sure he would love to hang out as well. Uh, but also be connected to irishbreakdown.com, uh, boards at irishbreakdown.com, because there's going to be a bunch of info from Ryan. He's just going to be spitting it out left and right down there from San Antonio. So, um, guys, we got a football game to watch. Uh, it will be playing 48 hours from now. So, a football game to watch on Friday. We'll be back with the post-game show directly following. Ryan and I will get things kicked off. However long it takes Brian to get from the stadium back to the hotel, he'll jump in, give his thoughts. But uh, we'll all be hopefully talking about a Notre Dame victory in the Sun Bowl and them picking up their 10th win. So until that time, that's Ryan. I'm Vince. And we will talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.